Hey guys, welcome to the Ducks and Dogs podcast, home of the pick and the point. I'm Michael Black with Mike Black Sports and FQ Oregon. You have my co-host Brandon from the UWFB Opinions account. And today we have a guest from one of the moments that we mentioned at the beginning of every episode. He was a member of the Oregon team during the 1994 season when Kenny Wheaton caught that pick against Washington. He's also the father of Washington Husky safety Elijah Molden. We have Alex Molden here. Starting off, Alex, we got a bunch of questions for you submitted on Twitter, uh, as well as questions just from myself personally. Um, so I'm sure our listeners would like to know. I'm sure you get this question a lot. Uh, which team do you root for when Washington and Oregon play each other? And to what extent do you root for that team? Uh, <laughs> all right. So I, of course, I root for the University of Washington Huskies. So I root I root for them because blood is thicker than water. And I love my son and I love my wife. So <laughs> yeah, I I choose University of Washington when they when they play against each other. Now even though I got, you know, I've I got history and Hall of Fame, you know, with the University of Ducks, but you know, mm-hmm. once you go with uh you know, once once my son became a husky a big part of me became a Husky. And so, but other than that, I'm cheering for both teams. You know, I'm cheering for my Ducks. I'm cheering for, you know, definitely cheering for the Huskies. But but uh, when they play each other, yeah, I'm going for the Huskies. So once Elijah graduates, who are you going to root for when they play each other? Oh, come on. I'm back to the Ducks. I was on a four. Uh, so I was on a, I kind of tell people that I'm, I'm on a four-year plan. <laughs> After that, Oh, after that, I'm all ducks. Me and my son will be wagering something on the games. So, yeah, but four-year plan. I like that. I like that. I actually, that surprised me. I thought you were going to say the ducks, but you root for Elijah individually. That was kind of what I expected. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, but I like that answer. That's a, that's a good answer. That's going to make me happy, at least for this season. Okay. And then by next season, I'll go back to, to being like, all right, Alex, I hope you're wrong every year. <laughs> from here on out but (laughs) all right so the next question is uh well i guess you kind of already answered this but if if elijah was in coverage on the last play against oregon would you want him to make it oh absolutely (laughs) absolutely now here's the twist to it if it was a play that would either win or lose oregon a national championship do you want elijah to make the play or not oh yeah i still want to make a play yeah, I, I don't go half in. I don't go a little bit. You know, I'm all I'm all in. I like that. I like that. Alex is making me smile today. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so uh, back when you played, uh, was the rivalry as heated uh, back when you played it as, as it is today? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think back then it was, uh, you know, the Huskies, they were they were the bullies of the or they were the bullies on the block. You know, it was, it was mm-hmm. USC and it was Washington. And when we beat them in 94, that was like, man, that was a big, that was a big deal because we knew, you know, we beat USC down, down there. And that was the first time in like 20 years. And then we came home and we beat Iowa. And then we had like a three game, a three-game road trip or a home 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 uh, series where we played Arizona State. We we knew we could beat them. 
But then the question mark was the Huskies when they had Napoleon Kaufman, and I think they was ranked in the top 10. And, uh, you know, that was a tough fought game. But, you know, once we beat them and then we played Arizona, who was also in the top top 10, I believe, that year, we beat them as well. And so we knew we were – I mean, we knew we had a special team and we knew we definitely had to get past uh, the Huskies. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it's always been – it's always been – a so with that said, do you think that you realized in the moment after the play happened, the pick, that that was going to change the rivalry that much to where Oregon becomes a dominant team in the Pac-12 North for 20-plus years after that? Or is that not something you realized until later? No, not not until later, man. Not until later. I mean, I, I knew it was a, was a big deal just for that game. And then, you know, of course, later on, man, for that season, that was a pivotal point, but nothing to the to the point where it was it, it changed the culture of the University of Oregon. I mean, it changed the whole landscape with one play. And we had, you know, we didn't have a clue. I mean, we knew it was a big play. I could just, you know, the sound of the of the fans and you know, the repercussions that that kind of happened after that. But no, we none of us had any type of clue that it would, you know, that they would still be playing that play before every game. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's, yes, that's something really cool to be a part of. Even on the other end of the rivalry, I can really uh, respect that. And that just, that's pretty cool. Something special to be a part of for sure. So you played DB for Oregon in the early 90s, all the way to the pick, obviously. Uh, since 2000, so more of the BCS onto the college football playoff era, who is your favorite DB to come out of Oregon? Oh, man, good question. My favorite DB. Um, huh, I would have to say, man, honestly, you know, when I watched him and I, and I see his size and how athletic he was and how he was just a dominant player for for all four years would have to be uh Ifo Ekwe Olumu. Yeah. And he was a he was a, a solid, solid player, all around player. And you know what? He's even a better person. So yeah, yeah, that'd be my guy. Man, injuries right there. He would have been great in the NFL, man. I was I was all aboard the hype train for Ifo. Yeah, man, he was a proven a proven player, man. And it just, you know, it stinks that, you know, with that injury you know, what it did for did for him and, you know, kind of uh, it just you would have loved to see him be able to progress and do some special things. I think he has a, he, he had a special talent, but, you know, I, I have a really good relationship with him and, you know, he's doing great. And, and actually, I think that injury has opened up more doors for him to be able to share his story. And uh, so, yeah, but he's a yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, he's my second favorite duck of all time behind Vernon Adams, which I have a really weird favorite duck list compared to other ducks, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Mike is very high on Vernon Adams. Huh. Very high on him. He, he thinks that, that if Vernon didn't get injured, then We'd Oregon the would have made the playoffs and then get blown out in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we were I don't think we were uh really ready, really built for that, you know, the whole SEC 
Yeah, we to weren't. To be honest, to be perfectly honest with you. We weren't, but our schedule was very favorable. Like, we won every game he was healthy. He had to throw some of the time with his left hand against Michigan State, and we still almost won that game. If Eastern Washington doesn't go for that low blow, I think he takes us to the playoffs, and then we get, like, Oklahoma, LSU, Molly Wap. Mm, good point. Yeah, kind of like uh, Chase Garbers. Is that what you're going to compare him to? Chase Garbers of Oregon? Because Chase Garbers is undefeated as a healthy quarterback for Cal the last season. Is he? Oh, I thought, yeah. Huh. Yeah, he was 7-0 and last season for Cal when, when he was healthy. My Pac-12 Vernon Adams comparison was Jaden Daniels. Like, they look identical to me when they play. Vernon was a little more of a scrambler. And he's like lighter on his feet, I think. And then he's a little bit better at improvisation, but he's also older by the time he went to Oregon. So, yeah. like, wasn't he like a fifth year senior? No, he was a, uh, he was, yeah, he was a graduate transfer, but he redshirted one year at Eastern Washington. So he'd only played four years. I think his main thing that he's yeah. better, he's better than Jaden at was like not like being a passer overall, but I've never seen a duck quarterback with better touch on a deep ball, like not throw a better deep ball, but when he threw it, it was perfectly in the breadbasket. He may not have the power to throw them all or like he may not see them all because he runs a little bit, but when he threw them, only his receivers were getting him most of the time. You're making me want to go back and watch some of his films so I can actually evaluate him because I haven't really broke him down at all. But all right. So another question for Alex is, uh, are the uniforms that you played in when you were a duck, is that your favorite uniforms from the ducks or do you like the new flashy stuff better? Nah, no, nah, I like, I like uh, our uniforms or the throwback unis. You know, mm-hmm. the, oh yeah, uh, yellow yellow pants, green jersey, yellow helmet. That's uh, I really like that look. The nineteen seventeen Rose Bowl uniforms were clean with the helmet stickers. The nineteen seventeen. I don't know what that. I don't know if like. it was. I don't know if it was nineteen seventeen, <laughs> but it was one of our first couple of Rose Bowls. I think that was our first one, but. There was one where we had like the Ohio State helmet stickers. Alex is like, I'm not on board. I don't. I like the throwback stuff better from the Ducks personally than the really flashy stuff. The Rose Bowl unis that they just wore last year were okay for the Rose Bowl. Uh, I like the helmets, but the uniforms themselves were. Eh. The I think but they only use like uniforms stuff too. to throw it back to the last Rose Bowl we won outside of the playoff one because last time we played Wisconsin, it was a very similar uniform style. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Alex, when it comes to being a DB, obviously you guys, you know, try to shut down the wide receivers. Uh, Coming into next year, I don't know if you watch a whole, whole lot of all the Pac-12 teams. Who do you think is the best receiver in the conference, not on Oregon or Washington? Man, I got no clue. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, to be perfectly honest, man, I I know – uh, most of the guys on defense on UW, um, I just know a cup, a handful of guys with the Ducks and really like Brady Breeze and um, you know I, a couple of the other DBs, yeah, on uh, on the Ducks. But I don't know the names and stuff. It changes way too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't. NFL question for you, which, you know, isn't super, super common, but when you got drafted in Detroit, you played, I think, two, or not drafted in Detroit, drafted in uh, New Orleans, you played 14 games, and you really picked up, like, at least if you go purely by numbers-wise, 
at the end of your best year was almost at the end of your career. Do you think that changing scenery was what helped you in the NFL or was it just gaining that experience and knowing more things that were coming as they came? Well, good question, man. It's uh, it was a couple of different deals where, you know, early on, you know, you have all the athleticism, you know, you're young, you're, uh, but you're inexperienced, you know, you, you, you don't see things as quickly. And so there's a lot of thinking going on. And, you know, when I look at my first couple of years in my career, it was at all, I could run with any receiver, right? I can run with any receiver, uh, but how you see things really can speed up or slow down the game. And so, you know, after about four years, the game starts to slow down. But then it, but then it also depends on the style of defense, right? It's a, are you a more zone? Are you more uh, zone blitz? Are you more man to man? There's a lot of things that 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 come into play. And for me, like my best year was probably my seventh year. And you know, I had by then I had like a whole uh, kind of um, a notebook of all the receivers I've ever faced, all the the quarterbacks, all the offensive coordinators. And I, you start to kind of break it down and figure out, okay, what type of scheme do they run? Are they a West Coast passing team? Are they more of a vertical passing team like the Raiders? Are they, uh, instead of vertical, are they more of a horizontal team? And then, and then from there, it's like, man, okay, starting to read the quarterback. And so you get to a point where you just – you know, you you, you kind of take the receivers out of the game and you start playing against the quarterback, and then things start to slow down as you as you get more comfortable, of course. And like I had my my best my best year when I had you know a, a young uh, Quentin Jammer, mm-hmm. and you know I, I do a lot of I do a lot of talks or speaking about how you overcome adversity and turn adversity to something that's that's that can push you uh, to, to, you know, to overcome obstacles. And for me, I took having a, I call him a shark. Right? You have a shark put in your tank and you're a fish. You put a shark in your tank, man, you're going to be moving. You're going to be motivated. And Quentin motivated me to have one of the best years in my career. But it wasn't just the motivation. It was the knowledge. It was the, the skill. It was the experience. Yeah, it's not okay. too often you see DBs and skill positions have their best season at 29 years old. But that was like you had more solo tackles than you ever had combined tackles in your rest of your career. So I guess well, you know that's big... not a good thing. <laughs> People get it mixed <laughs> up. If you're a corner, and, and you know, thank goodness I played corner. I played I play corner and nickel. Uh, but I had a coach tell me, man, if you're getting a ton of – a ton of tackles that's not good that means guys are catching the ball on you so, yeah. so it's not a it's not so much a good thing now now you know when you play nickel you're kind of a, a cross cross uh breed where you're a corner and a linebacker so that's cool but you know i don't i just want to make sure that you know <laughs> people yeah. look at stats at you know at different different um categories and when you know when you play at the at the highest level, man, it's it's not all that great. You get tackled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had you still had your uh, career high in pass deflections and interceptions as well. Well, at least tied yeah. for your career highs there. 
But that yeah. was on the Chargers, so I believe you were playing mostly nickel then, weren't you? Well, it was a different back then. Like I played corner, so I was I started on the on the on the corner, and then when we get into passing situations or three receiver sets, then I would move inside and, and play nickel. And I, that was one of the things that I learned like my rookie year. And it was very uncomfortable, you know, being in having all that space that you have to defend. But, you know, once I mean, I, I was very un, uncomfortable, but, you know, because you had to cover so much, so much grass. Um, but, you know, over time, I just got more and more comfortable and it became, um, uh, you know, part of your or part of part of my repertoire. And, you know, when you can do more, you 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 have more value. And so I decided to, to stay, you know, play corner. And when called upon, I can play nickel. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. I'm going to have to go back and, and watch some of your, some of your film and stuff. Cause I haven't really seen much other than uh, the replay of the 1994 Oregon Washington game. Uh, when, when you said you were going to be on the podcast, I went back and watched that. So oh, that was a fun game, man. <laughs> yeah. You're telling yeah, me to go back and watch for it me, for fun? But... I do. Who, me? Yeah. No. Well, I need to watch it as a Husky fan. I need to know my history, you know? Especially if I'm going to be talking about it. But, all right, Alex, so this is a good question for you. Um, Who's better, you or Elijah, in your primes? Oh, man. So I'm assuming you're talking college. Um, Yeah. Man, I tell you what. I was pretty damn good. (laughs) But you go like (laughs) now. Here's the thing: is I had more. I want to say speed. I had more speed, and the style of defense that we ran really fit me. You know, we were uh, aggressive. We we blitz over seventy five percent of the time, and it was more of a man to man. It wasn't like the zone blitz. So it it really fit. I think not just my style, but our, our whole secondary. But mm-hmm. the knowledge, uh, the knowledge piece, Elijah has that maybe five times more than I had. And his quickness, I didn't have the type of uh, quickness that he has and instincts. So, and, and shoot, and I was a four-year starter. You know, he's, mm-hmm. last year was his first year really starting. And he yeah. did tremendous. So I'm really, you know, it, it took me two years to gain confidence and for the game to slow down at the college level. So then by the time I was a junior, I was faster, stronger. I was more confident. Well, you know, he's been playing, you know, limited roles on, you know, whether it's special teams or nickel over the past two years. And then all of a sudden his junior year, I I shouldn't say all of a sudden, but the game really slowed down and he took advantage of every opportunity, which I'm super proud of. So for him to now have the type of success that he had from last year and then, you know, have sprinkled in there some experience from his freshman and sophomore year. I mean, I'm I know, you know, barring injury, he's going to have a phenomenal senior year. Yeah, the last four games, especially. I mean, you watched his last four games. I don't know if I've ever seen a nickel corner have that kind of play as Elijah had. I think Kirk Herbstreet said he's one of the best nickel corners he's ever seen and not just this year, like the history of college football and when he was watching him play in Boise State. So oh, wow. 
That's saying yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, that's saying something for sure. Because, yeah, those last four games especially. I mean, for me personally, like Elijah's film just pops on those last four games. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's, um, number one, he has passion for it. You know, he has passion, passion for the game. He's always looking at film, not just of himself, but he's looking at others. You know, he's looking at some of my old cutups. He's looking at some of the best players, not only in college, but also in the pros. So he's never, he doesn't waste, he doesn't waste time. You know, he, he really wants to be good. And even though he had great success and, you know, he has some, you know, the accolades are starting to come, but he wants more. And so, um, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's going to do some really, some really cool things, you know, both this year and beyond. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Success is, or the future looks bright for, for Elijah, for sure. And I'm glad he's a dog. Thank you for letting him become a dog and make, let him make that choice. Was that, was that you letting him make that thing or did you push him one direction or how did no, that, man, that I didn't, go? <laughs> no, it, it, it was never like let him type of deal. It was, it was one of those deals. I, mm-hmm. yes, quite honestly, I brain, I try, I tried my best to brainwash him at a young age to be a duck. You know, we went to all type of spring games. We went to the practices. I would meet up with, you know, old coaches and we would watch and, you know, I, you know, go in the locker room and meet some, some really cool players back in the day. And, um, but when push came to shove and, you know, I, honestly, I, man, I, I was pushing them, not just Oregon, man, I wanted him to go to Stanford <laughs> to be quite honest. You guys, yeah. see you know, he had all the, you know, he has the grades. He's a smart dude. He has like a four or a, yeah. yeah, 4.0 in high school. And I think he's 3.9 or something now. But I was pushing him to go to Stanford. But then Washington and the culture that they had and what they were doing and they was, you know, turning around the program. You had Coach Peterson and, you know, it was just it seemed like I mean, it was a perfect fit. And so I was just like I stepped out of it and I didn't, you know. Uh, you know, I put my, my ego and stuff. I didn't want him to follow my footsteps. I want him to make his own. And if it was at Oregon, then you're fantastic. And you know, it wasn't, and I'm totally fine with that. People, people get it, you know, twisted, you know, and I, I, you know, you see it on these, on all these, um, you know, on ESPN and stuff like the, uh, all these high school all-star games when kids make their decision and then the parents, act a certain way or they get their feelings involved. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is the biggest yeah. decision of this kid's life. Your job is to be there and support, not walk off stage with they don't pick the, the team that you wanted. That's, that's, yeah. that's so selfish. And I see that almost like every year. And I was like, man, I never want, I never wanted to, you know, for that to happen for us. Yeah. Do you think that if Jimmy Lake was the head coach back then, or like, let's say Elijah right now is a senior in high school being recruited all over again and Lake's at the helm of the program, do you think that recruiting kind of goes that same way? Or have you seen like a change in culture that maybe Elijah wouldn't have selected UW for? Or how do you think that would go? Man, honestly, the biggest reason he went there was because of uh, Coach Lake. And, you know, Coach Peterson, you know, he's him being the head coach and 
me and him having a relationship because he was with Oregon my senior year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a, you know, he's a, um, a guy that I wanted my son to be able to go there and learn how to be a man or continue to learn how to be a, a man of, of, um, of character. And mm-hmm. so that was a big push for me in terms of him going to Washington with coach Peterson. But I know after that, in the conversations I had with coach Lake, that he was this, he was cut from the same cloth, you know? So, yeah, no, I, I would definitely have, would have pushed him even, you know, with coach Lake being, if he was the head coach. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think honestly, if I had a, son who had like all the power five offers i'd be pushing stanford purdue and vanderbilt okay purdue and vanderbilt all right <laughs> and all i'd be out. pushing you dub i'm not gonna lie i'd be pushing you dub all the way Maybe get bunch of power five offers what what, what, what i didn't know i did not know that you know you dub had a top 20 uh business school i didn't know that yeah yeah, and we're yeah, we're so. getting up there with uh, with computer science as well with the new uh, Bill Gates uh, donation that he just went in. Uh, I think it was ten million, ten million of his own cash, and then his foundation had however many million, and then we built this new facility. And yeah, so our computer science is getting up there too. I don't want to hear anything about Phil Knight again. Were you tired of Phil Knight? No, 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 no. He said he got Bill Gates donating. I don't want to hear any crap about yeah, Phil Knight okay, again. For academics. Oh, oh, gotcha. <laughs> academics and athletics are two different things. Very different. But yeah, yeah Bill Gates was interested in athletics. Oh, different story. So when you were playing in college, who was the hardest wide receiver to guard? And why were they a challenge for you to cover them? Oh, man. You know, that's a... That's a good question. It's kind of loaded because I faced some studs early on in my career. And I just, you know, like one was uh, Curtis Conway. Curtis Conway was a beast. And I was a, I think he was a junior and I was a redshirt freshman trying to guard him. It was ridiculous. I mean, I gave me nightmares before and after. Um, Also, (laughs) like Johnny Morton was, was tough. You know, guys who was drafted in the first round, Sean Dawkins, and he played tight end in in uh, in, uh, in college. But these guys were like when I faced them, I was a freshman, and so I that man they was taking me behind the the woodshed like every every game or every every time I faced them. Well, so they were tough, but. You know, like I said, by my time my junior year, I would have loved to have faced him because I had more arsenal. I had more I had more weapons to my disposal. Been in that college um, room. What's that? I said been in that college weight room. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like that and more confidence. I was faster. I was, you know, quicker. Um, but I would say like in college, man, it would probably be early on because as it you know, my junior year was probably Keyshawn Johnson. I, I would have to break it down like every year, you know, like my freshman year, I, I would say it was Curtis Conway, my sophomore year, everybody, because I was, I was playing around with the big old brace on my knee. I just, mm-hmm. you know, come back from devastating knee injury. So I was, I was getting whooped on a weekly basis. 
Um, but my junior year, I would say it was probably um, probably Keyshawn, just his size and athleticism. Yeah, Keyshawn Johnson. And uh, and then my senior year, oh man, I don't remember. I don't remember my senior year a whole bunch. I was already kind of thinking. I was thinking NFL, so I was. Yeah. <laughs> man, Johnny Morton, you mentioned him. He was so underrated. That man was a freak athlete. Didn't he go on to be like a professional fighter or something? I, I think so. I think so. He was a man. Him and his brother Chad. Yeah. You know they were they were both. I mean they were both good athletes. Yeah. And it was massive in college. I remember going back and watching some of the old Oregon games and. I was like, who on earth is this dude, and why is he that big playing wide receiver? Who? Uh, Johnny Morton? Yeah, he's six foot, but he was built. Like, he he had some muscle on him. Man, that was all pads. I don't know. That, <laughs> yes, what's the pads, then? That man looked big. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, do you have any other questions for Alex? Mike? Uh, there was one out. question. There was one question that I, I think I might have saw. It was talking about about the Kenny Wheaton pick. And oh yeah, yeah. Did something did the about pick happen because of your coverage on the other side of the field? Well, here here's the interesting thing: is during that during that game, early on in that game, I believe it was the second quarter, and uh, uh, the quarterback Hoard, Damon, right? He yeah. So. They um, so they had a timeout, and when they broke the huddle, they lined up and they they went on with their play. But here's the thing: is we watch or man, I used to watch so much film, like it was ridiculous. And I would watch film, and uh, and you're always looking to to get um, to get uh, you know how a team thinks, what they do during certain situations. And I remember watching enough film like, man, after timeouts, when the ball is on their hash and when they when they set up in this formation, they always do a, a quick out just to get Damon in rhythm. Right. You're always looking for tendencies. And mm-hmm. on this particular play in the second quarter, I mean, we was playing cover three. Right, so cover three. My job is to defend deep. I I suppose that deep third, deep, right? And I watched enough film, and when they broke the huddle and they got lined up, I was already thinking. I said, "Oh, here it comes. I know exactly what they're going to run." And so, even though I had deep third coverage, Damon did a three-step drop, just like I had watched film, right? Mm -hmm. And when he did a three-step drop, and uh. I forget the receiver's name. Shoot. But he ran a, a speed out and I jumped it. And I damn near walked into the end zone. I got, you know, kind of I got my 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 feet tangled up and ended up stumbling. But that shook Damon. And I think from that point on, he might have threw the ball maybe one time towards me. Because he wasn't expecting me. He knew what coverage we was in, but he wasn't expecting me to jump a three-step route. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they do that to get the quarterback in rhythm and get him confidence. Well, when I did that, I took away his confidence. And so later on in the game, you know, I still played, you know, aggressive in, in my style, but I, I, you know, I, 
I knew he wasn't going to try to test me, especially when they needed it like that. And then on top of that, Kenny, we, you know, we watch film and we're always looking for tendencies. And when they get inside the five yard line in certain situations, uh, they love throwing it to the slot receiver. Uh, is it Janowski? They love throwing to him on out routes. And I told Kenny earlier in the week, I said, hey, if they get if they get in this position, this is your play. This is your play, man. Be looking for this. And when, you know, when they was marching the ball down on that last drive, and thank goodness we were up by four, right? Because they had to, you know, had to go for a touchdown. Is that opportunity presented itself and Kenny, you know, he jumped at the at the chance and you know, the rest is history. So did you did you cut did you catch the pick against Eric Bjornson or Dave Janowski? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Eric Bjornson, yeah. Okay, I thought so. <laughs> okay. That's sorry. I just wanted to give him some You're names because he that's There cool. you go. So when you watch that play, if you ever go back and watch the game, uh one of the main reactions like coaching staff wise is shockingly a guy who's still coaching Don Pelham. Are you shocked to see this guy still coaching linebackers right now at UCLA? No, no, not at all. No, man, he was. So you know, we at the at the college level, it's it's not just about coaching, but it's about recruiting, and DP is was a master at creating uh, lasting relationships. And when you do that, man, you set yourself up for success. And, you know, knowing the right people and having a high character, no matter how old you get, and, and, and you still have the ability to coach, man, you, you, can, you can last a long time. But DP was a master at, you know, coaching the fundamentals and creating relationships through through recruiting are you shocked he never got a defensive coordinator job well he did he did he did yeah he did, oh, yeah, he did uh for yeah right after chip kelly left with mark elfridge yeah yeah so last question for you uh alex um since jimmy lake is washington's new head coach and i'm sure you've heard a lot about him through elijah and mario cristobal is relatively new uh as the leader at oregon Whose future do you think is brighter, uh, Oregon's or Washington under the leadership? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Let's make it easier. Exclude the next two years where his son's playing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> One I year. Think, I think, you know, what the Ducks are doing and what they've shown, they're going to be doing some, some, I mean, how they recruit. I mean, they're going down in Florida and and grab I mean not just Florida but going down in the deep south and getting some getting some grown men, especially up front. Uh, so you know with the recruiting, I think you know Oregon is is winning that. Um, but I I really and, and it's you know w- with Cristobal being there for I think this is you know as a head coach he's going into his what third year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he has his culture kind of uh, uh, galvanized, like he has the culture that he wants and, the, and he's starting to get the players that will fit that culture. I think it's, it's um, with Jimmy Lake, it's, I know what type of, well, I believe I know what type of culture that he wants. He wants that hard-nosed, physical, 
run the ball, you know, you know, make it a street fight type of deal offensively. And now, mm-hmm. now it's got, now you got to go get those dogs. And, um, you know, most of the time those dogs are in the South, you know, it used to be down in LA, you know, used to get like some, you know, some grown men that, that already looked the part of playing in the NFL. Well, now those guys are in Texas. They're down in Mississippi, Louisiana, and Florida. And man, Oregon is starting to make a, a real dent in that whole recruiting uh, process down there. So, but I, I man, it, it, that's a really good question, man. I, I think both of them are going to be doing well. I think both are establishing themselves to be definitely within the top 10 um, after the next couple of years. Like, like mainstays in the top 10. All right. I like that answer. All right. Uh, Alex, I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us. Uh, You've been a real pleasure to have on the podcast. Uh, We really appreciate you. Uh, Good luck to your son, Elijah, and I'm sure he'll get drafted probably high in the first three rounds uh, next year. So good luck to him with that. I hope he stays healthy and, uh, stay safe all right man well cool well thank you very much man uh hey i love talking i love talking football so uh <laughs> me too it was my, it was my pleasure thank you very much i played defense so i love talking to defensive players there you go